Obviously, I'm not Pastor John, in case you're confused. He's the good-looking one. I'm the one with hair. Uh, Pastor and Lisa are feeling a little under the weather. It's not COVID. It's a, he gets this every winter. And uh, this year, he felt confident enough to let the, the B team step up and fill in for him. And uh, I always appreciate that. He'll appreciate your prayers. Uh, not as much as he'd appreciate hair, I guess, but he'd... <laughs> Sorry. I don't do the hair jokes often, but... Uh, Let's go back to Isaiah one last time, because here we are, the, the fourth Sunday of Advent. Like J.C. said, can you believe it's Christmas already? I actually thought there was another week before Christmas, and it's like, it didn't, didn't mess me up at all. It just uh, wasn't there. Can we, you're waiting on me to do the scripture, or, sorry, technology. There we go. It's all right. But there will be no more gloom for her who was in anguish. In earlier times, he treated the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali with contempt. But later on, he shall make it glorious by the way of the sea on the other side of Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. Oops, okay. I did hit it twice. You shall multiply the nation. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in the dark land, the light will shine on them. For you shall break the yoke of their burden and the staff of their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, as at the battle of Midian. For every boot of the booed warrior and the battle of tumult and the cloak rolled in blood will be for burning fuel for the fire. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Let's stop there. We've talked about wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal father. I'll be honest with you, those are kind of straightforward things to me and make a lot of sense. And we got to Prince of Peace. And I imagine like a lot of Christians, I just kind of hear those words and think, oh, that's neat. And, and uh, it goes past. I thought, what the heck is the Prince of Peace? So let's talk about peace to begin with. What? is peace. It's a word we throw around a lot. Um, we just had peace treaties signed over the last few months, and um, people stop pointing guns at each other. Is, is that really peace? Um, those of us who are old enough to remember the Cold War, I, uh, if I cared enough, I could have got a little Cold War ribbon because I served in the Navy during the Cold War. Cold War lasted 50 years. Um, we didn't shoot guns at each other, us and the Soviets. Um, but there was conflict. There wasn't really peace. Conflict was kind of low-key and fought through proxies. And um, the simple lack of aggression is not peace. Last week, we discovered that... Uh, the country had been under this cyber attack of a scale that had never been seen before. They're still trying to sort it out. There are people who are tendering resignations and uh, meeting with government officials because the, one of the companies that was affected by this is a security company. Um, to be honest, it's one, it's one that your state government uses. Um, all kinds of updates are coming out. It's not peace. 
The simple lack of people fighting with each other is not peace because antagonism and, and conflict will continue even if it's not with guns or fists or other weapons. about personal peace? Um, you can't go anywhere today without being confronted with the idea of mindfulness. Uh, we, at, at where I work, we have a Wellness Wednesday. Every week they send out a little email with, so, I mean, some of it's kind of cute. They're cute videos that you can watch and, uh, you know, to make you feel good. It's the cute animal videos. I kind of, if you ever were to see my Twitter feed, it's all cute animals. Um, there's nothing peaceful about it. They're just cute. But then there's always some mindfulness tip. Uh, you, I was part of a weight loss program, lost 30 pounds this year, and every week we had a little mindfulness exercise. You go to the supermarket. It's in all the magazines at the checkout. Um, what's mindfulness? And it doesn't lead to peace. Mindfulness is just... As you start to practice it, it's a way to just calm yourself and kind of center your life and separate yourself from what's going on around, not be judgmental about your life. And, um, and it will bring a sense of calm, a feeling of calm. Now, that comes from a, an idea um, that's, that's much deeper than that. It, it, it actually comes from, from Buddhism. And um, the idea there is to become no one. The, the, the source of all conflict, according to this philosophy, is desire. And the idea is just to separate yourself from all desire and to become no one and to enter nirvana. But that won't lead to peace. Might ask, why not? Well, where does conflict come from? Where does discord come from? Where does it all begin and uh, it begins in a chapter of the Bible that we never read in this church. That's a joke. Um, it comes from Genesis chapter 3. I, I say it's a joke because pastor preaches about every other week on either Genesis 2 or Genesis 3. Um, it's okay, pastor, you keep doing it. But Adam and Eve, they had it. They had the peace. They had righteousness. They had holiness. They had that perfect, ideal, wonderful relationship with God. And then the enemy slipped in, and he created doubt. Did God really say? And he was like, well, yeah, kind of. And they bought the lie, and they sinned against God. And the first thing they noticed is that they had a problem with each other because somehow they didn't notice that they were naked. So they got clothes on. And then God came and started calling for them. Hey, Adam you know, it's time for our walk in the garden. Let's go. And they're hiding. They'd never been separated from God before. No peace. There was no peace. And, that was, and it got, just got worse from there because God cursed Adam. God cursed Eve. God cursed the earth, kicked them out of the garden, sent an angel with a flaming sword to say, no, you can't come back in here because you could live forever in this state if you eat from the tree of life. No peace. But God had a plan. Because in that same chapter, he says, there will come one. There will come one, and he will step on the serpent's head. 
And he will restore that relationship. And this is who Isaiah is talking about. This prince of peace. Now, Isaiah didn't know who Jesus was going to be, but we have the benefit of hindsight. And he came. And he came as that little baby. Jesus, God said, I need to know, let people know what I look like. I need to know them to know what I expect. I need them to see how I love. I need them to see what it means to be in community with one another and what it means to be in community with God. I need them to see how I pray and I need them to see how I love them. And he came and he became human. And then he lived all the things that we live. I, w- I was joking with my, my class this morning. I said, he, he was a, probably a normal little boy, just married, chasing him around, going, Jesus. Imagine hearing that tone out of somebody's voice and it being your name. <laughs> Jesus, stop it. Went through puberty, acne, voice changing. Suffered all the things that people at that time suffered. I mean, you think we think we have it tough now. We have refrigeration, air conditioning, transportation. We got it really good. He walked everywhere he went and suffered everything that people suffered. He did that for peace in part. What do I mean? The source of conflict was a lack of relationship. We couldn't relate to God anymore. The sin that Adam and Eve committed corrupted us. We're born not able to reach out and communicate with him. We just can't do it. And he came and said, I will be the reconciler. What was Jesus' first words when he started to preach? Do you remember? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The Prince of Peace came to preach kingdom. That's kind of cool. Starts to make a little sense now if, if, you're, if you're like me and you just kind of breeze past those words because we hear them every year. Oh, Prince of Peace. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. How do we achieve peace then? Well, first, as I said, through reconciliation. Uh, this is always, whether you're, if you're in a, involved in a in conflict that's, that people are trying to, in an organized manner, resolve, chances are you're meeting with a mediator, someone who's going to help you talk out your issues and reconcile them. Nations do this. People do this. Companies and unions do this. People get together, and you try and reconcile your differences. So it's not just a matter of brushing off the things that, uh, that are causing conflict, but that you have an opportunity to actually find the cause of the problem and resolve it. And the problem for us was sin. No amount of obedience to the law, no checking off checkboxes in in the rule book, no amount of Sunday services is going to fix the sin problem. Jesus does that. And you know how the story went because Jesus he grew up and became a man and he preached for three years and then he, he willingly submitted to a cross, to a painful death 
so that we could be reconciled, so that we could finally have peace with our Creator. But it wasn't just a resolution of conflict. Jesus talked about peace. In, uh, in John 14, 27, it says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. One of the most common phrases anywhere in Scripture, do not be afraid. And he was talking to his disciples about his leaving. Things are going to get bad, but it's okay. I will give you peace. I will give you the strength to get through. Later on in John, again, he's talking about, it's actually imminent. He's about to, to be arrested. He says, these things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulations. But take courage. I have overcome the world. We're knowing tribulation. Now, J.C. rightly points out that in the, in the general scale of human experience, it's not that bad. I mean, it's not, it's not good if you're on the suffering end of it. I don't mean to minimize anybody's personal suffering, but as, as a society, um, we've seen worse. We've seen worse. But it does not have to rob you of your peace, believer. It does not. Um, I was talking about my dad a little earlier this morning too. And I, I, it's, I, I'm going to say I joke. It's not a joke. I'm the short one in my family. Um, I have a sister who's the exact same height as me. I have a sister who's an inch taller, a brother who's a couple inches taller, a brother who's four inches taller. My daddy was six foot six. He was a big man. Um, you know, they used to talk about palming a basketball. Well, I never saw him palm a basketball, but I saw him palm a lot of little blonde heads. Um, but there was no place safer than next to my daddy. When I was this tall, and he was this tall, I could go anywhere. I could face anything. It didn't matter how scared I was. And sometimes he would scare me. No, he would <laughs> He was, when he taught me to swim, he took me out into this lake and, and he, he held me up and, and kept my hands, his hands under me the whole time and stretched me out. And he says, okay, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my hands down. He warned me he was going to do it. And he said, I just want you to be calm and float. And he dropped his hands and I panicked. <laughs> I did, did not trust my dad that day. But it, I learned I can trust my daddy. I can have peace in my daddy's presence. Except when he was mad. Six foot six and angry is a little angry, is a little scary. But there was nothing outside of my home that my daddy couldn't handle. And I was safe with him. You have a heavenly father. You have a wonderful counselor. We have. I'm part of that too. We have a mighty God. We have an eternal Father 
He runs a kingdom. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're part of that kingdom. You have a prince of peace. And it's not the end. There will be no end or increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom. No end of peace. I don't know what you're feeling today. We're all going through something or another. Some of us have done well over the last year and some of us have not. And some of us are experiencing things that have nothing to do with COVID and race tensions and politics. And Are you feeling that peace today? Do you, even if you don't feel it, do you know it's your right? It's a part of your relationship with Jesus Christ. You can appropriate that today if you will trust in the one who says, be not afraid. I'm going to ask JC and Brendan to come back up. We're, we're going to wrap this up kind of quick. This is what happens when you find out at the last minute you're preaching. No, I'm kidding. I could have made this longer. <laughs> but um, as we sing one last song, I want to give you an opportunity. If you're not feeling that peace this morning, come on up. Let us pray for you. We want you to know that. Pray for Pastor and Lisa. We miss them this morning. But know that the peace of God is intended for you, that Jesus Christ sent his Holy Spirit so that you will have that in your own life. Amen. While they're coming up, go ahead and stand. And we'll pray a little prayer quick. Lord Jesus, we thank you that, that you are the Prince of Peace. That we don't need to earn peace. We don't need to achieve peace. We don't need to go through hoops and, and jump over fences and do strange things to have peace, but that peace is our right because we have a relationship with you.